Welcome to the Hello Someday podcast, the podcast for busy women who are ready to drink less and live more. I'm Casey McGuire-Davidson, ex-red wine girl turned life coach, helping women create lives they love without alcohol. But it wasn't that long ago that I was anxious, overwhelmed, and drinking a bottle of wine a night to unwind. I thought that wine was the glue holding my life together, helping me cope with my kids, my stressful job, and my busy life. I didn't realize that my love affair with drinking was making me more anxious and less able to manage my responsibilities. In this podcast, my goal is to teach you the tried and true secrets of creating and living a life you don't want to escape from. Each week, I'll bring you tools, lessons, and conversations to help you drink less and live more. I'll teach you how to navigate our drinking-obsessed culture without a buzz, how to sit with your emotions when you're lonely or angry, frustrated or overwhelmed, how to self-soothe without a drink, and how to turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision of your life. I am so glad you're here. Now let's get started. Hey there. If you've listened to this podcast for a while, you probably know that Athletic Brewing Company is my absolute favorite non-alcoholic beer. For me, finding an incredible non-alcoholic beer to drink around the fire pit or at a dinner was a game changer in sobriety. And I love Athletic so much that I became a brand ambassador so that I could share the love. You can save 20% with code KCD20 on your first order of Athletic at their website. Now, they are not sponsoring this ad, but I wanted to share this discount if you wanted to try it out. So my personal favorites are their Golden Upside Dawn and their Run Wild IPA, but I want to hear what your favorites are. Just go to Athletic brewing.com and enter the code KCD20 at checkout. That's C-A-S-E-Y-D-2-0. And you'll save 20% on your first order. There's a whole genre of books that you might not ever hear about if you're not a woman who has a complicated relationship with alcohol. It's called Quitlet, books about drinking, quitting drinking, getting sober, and life without alcohol. They're novels and memoirs, essays, fiction, and how-to guides. They are deep and soulful, entertaining and honest, eye-opening, hysterically funny, raw and hopeful. Quitlet books were a lifeline to me in early sobriety. And in this episode, I want to share not only my favorites, but the voices of other women and the books that have inspired them and helped them along the path of reevaluating their relationship with alcohol. If you want a guide to the best quitlet for women and the books mentioned in this episode, go to hellosomedaycoaching.com forward slash quit dash lit. Enter your email address and I'll send you the full guide straight to your inbox. When I was thinking that I might need to stop drinking and was having trouble moderating, I needed these books and the women who wrote them because I was surrounded constantly by messages that drinking was important and glamorous, sophisticated and fun. I loved drinking 
And when I looked around me, it seemed like everyone else loved it too. I couldn't imagine what life would look like without alcohol. And yet, I knew that the way I was drinking was unsustainable. It was leading me in a direction that was no good for myself or my family. And I had no one around me who understood that or who I could talk to about how I was feeling. These books filled that void, both reading them and listening to them. The voices of women who had been where I was when I was walking and running, driving and rocking my daughter to sleep. In reading them, I heard someone else telling my story and saying the words that I heard in my head. My favorite quitlip books got under my skin. They whispered to me when I was worried about my drinking and didn't let me bury my head in the sand and tell myself that how I was feeling was no big deal. They gave me hope that life would be better without alcohol, that other women had done this before me, and that these women were cool and strong, interesting and funny and successful, and that it would all be okay. They held my hand during the long evenings without wine in my first few weeks and months. They told me that what I was feeling was normal, that this shit was hard, and their voices kept me going. And now, years after quitting drinking, they make me feel like I'm part of an incredibly awesome, strong, and brave group of women who have kicked drinking and societal messages that drinking is required to the curb. This episode is about the best quit lit for women, the books that spoke to me, and the books that helped others. I hope you'll find some new favorites. I know I did. The first book that I ever read about drinking and not drinking was when I was starting to suspect that my love of red wine might be a problem. It was the book Drinking, A Love Story by Caroline Knapp. It was 12 years ago. My son Hank was an infant and I read it while drinking wine. In Caroline's first passage in the prologue, she writes, it happened this way. I fell in love and then because the love was ruining everything I cared about, I had to fall out. She writes a love story. Yes, this is a love story. It's about passion, sensual pleasure, deep pulls, lust, fears, yearning hungers. It's about saying goodbye to something that you can't fathom living without. I loved the way drink made me feel, and I loved its special power of deflection, its ability to shift my focus away from my own awareness of self into something else something less painful than my own feelings. I loved the sound of the drink, the slide of a cork as it eased out of the wine bottle, the distinct glug-glug of booze pouring into a glass, the clatter of ice cubes in a tumbler. I loved the rituals, the camaraderie of drinking with others, the warming, melting, and feeling of ease and courage it gave me. And then the book continues her story of descent into drinking and climbing her way out. The second book I read, where my old hardcover copy is filled with underlines and dog-eared pages 
is Carry On Warrior by Glennon Doyle. Thoughts on Life Unarmed. I don't think I even knew that Glennon's book was going to have anything to do with drinking or that she was sober at the time I picked it up. But early in the book, she has a chapter titled Day One, and it starts with this. To my friend on her first sober morning, she writes, I have been where you are. I've lived through this day, this day when you wake up terrified, when you open your eyes and it hits you, the jig is up. You lie paralyzed in bed and shake from the horrifying realization that life as you know it is over. A few paragraphs later, Glennon writes, becoming sober, becoming real will be hard and painful. A lot of good things are. Becoming sober is like recovering from frostbite. Defrosting is excruciatingly painful. You have been numb for so long. As the feeling comes back to your soul, you start to tingle, and it's uncomfortable and strange. But then the tingles start to feel like daggers. Sadness, loss, fear, anger, anxiety, all of these things that you've been numbing with booze, you feel them for the first time. And it's horrific at first to tell you the damn truth, but welcoming the pain and refusing to escape from it is the only way to recovery. You can't go around it. You can't go over it. You have to go through it. The whole chapter is amazing, as is the book. Read it. It's beautiful. Oh my gosh. Can we talk about perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause for a minute? I am 48, so if you are going through it, I'm right there with you. I mean, hot flashes and night sweats, racing thoughts, the low moods, the poor sleep, it is not cool. And that's why I was really excited to find a supplement called Hormone Harmony by Happy Mammoth. It contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors like those super fun hormonal changes. It helps reduce menopause symptoms head on. And if you're interested in trying it, you can use the code HELLO for 15% off your first order. Women cannot stop raving about it on social media, but the biggest benefit is the simplest, feeling like yourself again. So if you're going through this, like I'm going through this, for a limited time, you can get 15% off your first order at happymammoth.com with promo code HELLO. That's happy, M-A-M-M-O-T-H.com. And use promo code HELLO for 15% off your first order. And then there's Tired of Thinking About Drinking by Belle Robertson. Belle was actually the person that I wrote on my very last day one, four and a half years ago. I had heard about her 100-day sober challenge. I had woken up at 3 a.m. and told myself for the millionth time that I couldn't do this anymore. And the truth is, I was just sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. It was a normal day. And I went into the office and I remember at 10 a.m., I signed up for her 100-day challenge. And I wrote her, I paid the money, I committed to someone else that this was my day one. I did Belle's 100-day challenge 
actually before her book came out. She was writing it at the time. When I started working with her, I emailed her every day. And actually on my website, if you go to my blog, you can listen to my audio diary of my first 30 days of not drinking through the emails I wrote to Belle. I actually pulled them up and read each one where I went to her, hi coach, it's day four, and told her what I was feeling. And so much of her books helped me get through my first 30 days to day 45, to day 70, and to day 100. I love it because it's practical, it's positive. It's an incremental approach to not drinking and building up time away from your last night drinking alcohol and waking up feeling terrible. When you hear me talk about Wolfie, the voice you hear in your head that tells you drinking is a good idea, it came from Belle. She also taught me about the importance of sober treats. And to this day, when I am stressed or having a bad few days, I think to myself, I need a sober treat, stat. In this episode, I told you I was going to let other women share the books they loved, the ones where the message from the author met them in the moment they needed to hear exactly that, to change the course of their drinking and their lives. Some women loved the same book. This Naked Mind came up more than once. We are the luckiest, quit like a woman, drinking a love story, The Sober Diaries. And other women had a huge variety of books that they were drawn to for a variety of reasons. So let's hear from them. I absolutely recommend listening to Sober Diaries and Audible. Claire Pooley's writing is witty and honest, and I loved hearing it in her British accent. Although I wasn't sober yet when I read this book, her experience was totally relatable. And while I was questioning my relationship with alcohol, I appreciated listening to the story of her first year of sobriety in every single diary entry, through the highs and lows, and how she navigated being a mom in wine culture, and learning to socialize sober. Claire didn't have what she considered a rock bottom. She was actually afraid that if she went to an AA meeting and compared herself to people that drank more than she did, she would think her bottle a night habit was justifiable, but she also knew that addiction was progressive and she could eventually have her rock bottom moment and lose everything. Claire was honest in her struggles, but she also made you laugh. It gave me hope that a happy sober life was possible for me too. The first book I wanted to talk about was Claire Pooley and the Sober Diaries, How One Woman Stopped Drinking and Started Living. I googled, do I have a drinking problem? Am I an alcoholic? So on and so forth. I was, um, this was probably five or six years ago, and her name popped up on the internet, and she had a blog, and the blog was called Mummy was a secret drinker. She goes by Sober Mummy. Um, I kind of love all things British, especially boat and clothes catalogs and us born books or use born books for kids. Um, and that is how I found her. And I was anticipating her book coming out. And I read the whole book probably in a day, less than a day, um, with 
three young children in tow. And her book really was the first book I read in a long line of quit-lit books that I have read, probably 20, 30 books at this point. Um, I read this book before I had given up drinking uh, for the first time, and it really, really resonated with me because Claire was um, a professional woman turned stay-at-home mom like I was, and um, she was very well educated, and um, the book just made it so real for me that um, someone like me could still have this problem and that someone like me could get out of this problem. I really, really enjoyed the book. I would recommend it for anyone, but especially if you are a mom um, that stays home with your children, it, 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 really, um, it really resonates. My mom bought me a copy of We're the Luckiest by Laura McAllen a couple weeks before I quit drinking. During that time, I read half the book and put it down. It wasn't until I decided to stop drinking, it may have even been day two, that I was able to sit with Laura McAllen's words. Her honesty about how hard, lonely, and scary early sobriety is felt like a mirror as I went through my first weeks of sobriety. At the start of each chapter, Laura inserts a quote, and my favorite was this. I thought I was alone who suffered. I went to the top of the house and found every house on fire. In We Are the Luckiest, Laura points out that everyone has a different thing. And for some people, drinking is just your thing, but it doesn't mean you're less than or imperfect because of it. As a lifelong perfectionist, those words were such a comfort. And I'm forever grateful for Laura McCowan for this beautiful and honest book. I hope it speaks to you the way it did to me. I read Laura McCowan's book, We Are the Luckiest, right at the beginning of my sober journey. Her story both broke my heart and healed it at the same time. She writes with such compassion and vulnerability. I remember what it was like to not want to live a life with alcohol and that future looked so bleak. I tried like hell to make it work until it didn't. I saw myself in Laura. I'm just a few days shy of being seven months sober and I agree. I feel like I'm the luckiest. There are so many gems in this book like this. Is this bad enough for me to change? The question we should be asking, is this good enough for me to stay the same? The real question underneath it all, am I free? This book was written almost like having a conversation with a friend. We Are the Luckiest is a beautiful, honest, non-judgmental, non-preachy guide for how to get from point A to point B and beyond. I've read a lot of these memoirs over the past year, and this one masterfully combines vulnerability, storytelling, and the facts about addiction in a way that none of the others have been able to. I don't know how she did it, but it's a gem, and it's my number one recommendation to anyone affected by addiction.
We Are the Luckiest by Laura McCowan. Uh, we Are the Luckiest, The Surprising Magic of a Sober Life. Uh, but this book really, um, she really opened up about her relationship with alcohol and and sobriety, and she really lays it all out there. Um, she's very articulate in her vulnerability, especially as a mother. Many Quitlet books are not written by mothers, um, and of course that's fine. I find the ones I understand the best for me as a mother are those written uh, who understand what motherhood entails um, and the, the stresses, the hopes, the dreams, the anxieties that go along with caring for someone that you brought into this world. And she really, really, really is vulnerable about the things that she did while she was drinking. And I think that took such bravery and her relationship with her daughter now. And uh, the book is amazing. The book is amazing. That's, that's all I can say. In March 2019, after another night of drinking too much wine and waking up with a headache and my husband annoyed with me, I laid in bed and got on Amazon and searched for books about alcohol. I found Annie Grace's This Naked Mind, Control Alcohol, Find Freedom, Discover Happiness and Change Your Life. The title said it all. I loved that Annie didn't make you label yourself. In fact, she explains that alcohol is addictive. I also really appreciated all the sciencey stuff. I had no clue that alcohol caused cancer. I didn't know that alcohol had such an impact on my sleep or that it was causing a lot of my anxiety. I had even done a sleep study through my doctor because I didn't understand why I was so tired all the freaking time. It was the wine and the lack of quality sleep I was getting. Of course, I didn't drink wine when I brought the sleep study machine home and I passed that test. And I continued to drink and continued to struggle with horrible fatigue even though I ate healthy and exercised. More doctors need to know about the correlation between alcohol even one drink and the negative impacts it has on sleep. Even though it wasn't another seven months before I gave up alcohol and completely, the information I learned in this book stuck with me and I could never unknow what I learned from Annie Grace. I read This Naked Mind by Annie Grace at 20 Days Sober when I had a ton of doubt and anxiety about quitting drinking. Annie's words literally hijacked my mind and opened my eyes to all of the ways I've been a victim to the powerful marketing that goes into drinking. Her book was a relief because it opened my eyes to all of the subconscious messaging telling me drinking was going to bring me connection, happiness, excitement, and love. I have so much gratitude for books like This Naked Mind and women authors and sobriety coaches who are forging a path and creating a space outside of AA where we can explore, connect, and actually live a healthy life with a naked mind. I really feel this book is such a gift, especially in early sobriety. And as Annie highlights, moderation is exhausting. And I really hope I never again have to have that anxiety-provoking dialogue with myself. By just saying I'm done, the door closes and I'm free to move on and think about other ways to feel alive beyond pouring ethanol into my body with the hopes of happiness. I hope you're inspired by this book as much as I've been.
when people ask me what I would recommend for them to read or resources for them to use when they are trying to reduce or quit drinking alcohol, my first suggestion is always This Naked Mind by Annie Grace. It's control alcohol, find freedom, and discover happiness and change your life. When I first found this book, I was within my first 30 days of not drinking, and I was just telling myself I was going to take a 30-day break. It was actually January 1st, and I was going to do dry January. And I joined a Facebook group online that was a 30-day challenge. Someone recommended that I read This Naked Mind by Annie Grace, and it became my Bible for those 30 days. I read it every evening, and really any time I needed to refocus or needed a boost. She comes at quitting drinking with science and neurology, and it just makes so much sense the way she explains what alcohol does to your brain, the way she explores how alcohol is used in our culture. Um, it just opens your mind and changes your thinking in a way that makes you not want to drink anymore. At least that's what it did for me. It really helped me see that alcohol wasn't doing me any favors. And she writes in such a way that's easily digestible easy to understand and relate to and is um, just such an anchor uh, when you're exploring your relationship with alcohol. So I highly recommend it. Um, I have now been sober over three and a half years. And this is always my two when people ask me, what's the first thing they need to do to take a look at their relationship with alcohol? How did I quit? Well, Annie Grace helped me quit with this book. And I'm sure she's going to continue to help many other people in the future. So books have definitely been one of my major tools in getting me through more than a year of sobriety. I stopped drinking last May, so that was in May of 2019, and I immediately turned to just um, a shelf load full of amazing books written by amazing, mostly women, um, around um, not having alcohol in your life, and uh, I just, I always have a stack next to my bed, and I'm always finding new ones, and um, I just started reading a new one, um, it's The Sober Lush, and it's also called A Hedonist Guide to Living a Decadent, Adventurous, Soulful Life, Alcohol-Free. And if you're anything like me, part of the lure of drinking was sort of the fun and the um, sparkly, glittery, what felt sparkly, glittery part of it. And the ability to sort of um, bring this sense of differentness to your life. And it was like that from my first drink when I was 13 um, till when I stopped drinking just a year ago and I'm now in my 40s. And so uh, one of the chapters of this book um, really just talks about 
what it's like to have alcohol in your life and then what it's like not to have alcohol in your life and the pure joy that you can find in things that are not alcohol related. And I love one of the examples of you spent $12 on a scotch and soda um, or a vodka tonic. Why can't you spend $12 on a totally decadent um, chocolate truffle dipped in lavender? Of course you can. You never would have when you were still drinking because you needed the money for the drink. But without that, you can really indulge in some of these amazing, beautiful, what I'll just kind of like the lush of life. So I love the title of the book, The Sober Lush. And I'll just read one little um, chapter um, that I've been making my way through lately. So it, uh, one of the authors, it's written by two women, uh, Amanda Ward, and um, I think her name is Jardine um, Liberaire. I don't speak French, so harder for me to say. Uh, so, so one of the authors says, born an introvert, introvert who loves people, she swears it. Jardine, even as a four-year-old, was the quiet one in the corner of birthday parties. There's a bit of shame that comes from that territory. To this day, if someone says, hey, loosen up, it hits a nerve. Smile. Don't be so uptight. Why are you so serious? Take a guess what helped us out of this little iron collar of self-consciousness. That's right. Booze. You want me to loosen up? Well, watch this. And honestly, we missed the presto magic instant option because we did bond with people as we flung ourselves in mass around a dance floor, giggled uncontrollably together in a ladies room stall or stagger down a sidewalk as a pack relieving the highlights and low points of a hilarious night. And being sober now doesn't discredit those times or those friends or those dance floors. So she goes into the next paragraph describing being in an arcade. That's how she started it. But playing big buck hunter as a grown woman with a twizzler between her teeth, like a cigar, a cigar cursing and laughing cheeks flushed with merciless ambition. That's also a proper unloosening. Win or lose, arcades are a bing, pop, pow, purple, red, orange, lights, nasty, sweet, anti-uptight time. You can go into an arcade feeling awkward, but you'll always leave undone. You can stay up late and still get up the next beautiful day and feel not just good, but great. That last sentence for me, I just want to highlight it. I want to put it up everywhere to remind me how great I feel when I wake up in the morning, even if I stayed up too late having too much fun without alcohol. Um, I feel good when I wake up and I don't crawl through the next day feeling terrible, wondering why I needed that last drink. So I just really recommend this book. There's amazing little chapters you can read at any moment and recipes for amazing non-alcoholic drinks and candies and bath bombs you can put. Um, and I just love the ability to bring the same glitter and joy um, and fun into your life. Um, and you don't need alcohol to do that. Sarah Hepler's Blackout. I read it um, actually before I even got sober. It was about three or four weeks before I, I stopped for the last time. Um, I was out for a run and had downloaded it on Audible and was listening. And I remember listening to the paragraph that I'm going to read at the end of the introduction and literally stopping running because I was just so blown away. I had been a blackout drinker at the end and I had never understood what an actual blackout was, which thinking back is ridiculous to me now that I didn't understand. But um, when I finally understood what a blackout was, it just blew my mind. 
So the paragraph that I'm talking about is at the end of the her introduction, and she writes, I needed alcohol to drink away the things that plagued me, not just my doubts about sex, my self-consciousness, my loneliness, my insecurities, my fear. I drank away all the parts that made me human, in other words, and I knew this was wrong. My mind could cobble together a thousand PowerPoint presentations to keep me seated on a bar stool, but when the lights were off and I lay very quietly in my bed, I knew there was something fundamentally wrong about losing the narrative of my own life. Oof. I mean, that last sentence is what got me. Losing the narrative of my own life. And I mean, that's what a blackout does. When you're in a blackout, you don't remember. You're still functioning and going through life, but you have no memory of it. And just to think that, like losing the narrative of your own life. And that, that hit me hard. Um, and I mean, the rest of the book was just fantastic too, but, but that really struck, stuck a, a chord with me and probably was one of the reasons why, um, I read it at the right time. So it had the, the impact that led to me, you know, eventually stopping. Um, the other book that I highly recommend is Quit Like a Woman by Holly Whitaker, which just recently came out. So it's, one of the books that I now recommend to every single person, not just to someone who's thinking of stopping um, quitting drinking. I think it's hugely impactful for anyone because it it really explains the alcohol culture that we're living in and why it's so prevalent and why we see such a high rate of, you know, people becoming addicted to alcohol. And it's strange because I used to listen to the home podcast, um, which Laura McCowan and Holly Whitaker did. And I, I was more drawn to Laura than to Holly. She was, I, I mean, to me, her personality was just very, um, she says what's on her mind. And, um, now after I read the book, I'm like, it, it all makes sense. I mean, she's such a profound, um, I would say activist in this area. And, and that's the personality you need to have to be an activist. And I think she's really going to just, just, Change the whole um, perception of alcohol, which is amazing. Um, and the paragraph that had a real, real impact, I mean, so many paragraphs in this book, but this one in particular is towards the end of the book. And she writes, I am an extremist, a let's go get to the point kind of woman. I don't dabble in gray areas for long or suffer through things pixel by pixel. I drink the ocean. Oh, I love that picture that that paints. Anyway, uh, what worked for me at the beginning was not deciding day by day that I wouldn't drink that day. What worked for me was obliterating the idea that I would ever drink again, striking the possibility completely, making a decision and never questioning it. Never question the decision. N-Q-T-D. Four letters now inked on my arm. A decision made once that you never have to question again. This doesn't mean the decision has always stuck. It just means I don't want to be deciding every single day that I won't drink that day. Whew. I mean, that for me sums up, you know, how I approach um, my recovery. I just never question it. You know, once I, I accepted that fact that I wasn't going to think about it, it just, that made all the difference for me. You know, not, um, it just cleared so much brain space to, to not have to be deciding every single day. I just, you know, wiped the slate clean and said, this is off the table. This is off the table. Drinking is not an option. And uh, that, to me, it was such a relief when once I got to that point where I could do that. So I just love that. Who knows? Maybe I'll get those letters inked on my arm, too. Anyway, those are my two recommendations. There's tons of other great quitlet out there. 
When I was drinking, I used alcohol to calm my mind, to relieve anxiety, and to sleep well at the end of a busy day. I didn't know that alcohol actually spiked my stress hormone, increased anxiety, and as little as one glass of wine a night reduced my sleep quality by 24%. I was really excited to find Tanasi, a better way to find calm, rest, relief, and to reduce inflammation. Tanasi creates the highest quality, scientifically validated CBD and hemp extract products. They can help you relax and focus, soothe and relieve inflammation, and improve your sleep and rest. Tanasi's formula includes a unique combination of CBD and CBDA in every dose, which is two times more effective than just CBD alone. And know that CBD is a safe, naturally occurring bioactive molecule that is non-addictive and non-psychoactive, meaning that can't and it won't make you high. So if you want to create a sense of calm, to calm your mind, to relax before bed for a great night of sleep, try Tanasi. Tanasi's being really generous with our listeners. You can go to Tanasi.com and use code HELLO to get 25% off at checkout right now. That's T-A-N-A-S-I.com to get 25% off your first order with the promo code HELLO and get ready to sleep well. I read Holly Whitaker's Quit Like a Woman in the first month of my sobriety. I come from the belief that there's not a one-size-fits-all with recovery and that you don't have to do AA to get sober. Holly put into words why AA wasn't the right fit for me. I love that there are so many different paths that people can take now to find support on their sober journey. Her book also talks about how alcohol is in fact addictive. Before I started reading these books, I had no clue myself. I loved her comparison to cocaine. And could you imagine if our culture was okay with everyone using Coke, like we do alcohol at sporting events, birthday parties, brunches, book clubs? Imagine if moms called it their mom powder, but then you were told to use it only responsibly and don't become a cocaineaholic. She shows us how our culture normalizes alcohol, but then turns around and demonizes us if we become addicted. You will feel empowered as a woman after reading this book. When I first got sober, I really needed to connect with other people out there because I didn't have like the She Recovers platform. I didn't go to AA. I didn't really like know anybody that I could relate to um, yet with sobriety. And so I was like, okay, might as well read some books and see, you know, other people's stories and how they got through sobriety and how they maintain sobriety. Um, I was just so lost. And so I was all about reading as many quitlets as I could. Um, and so I, um, you know, 
was just downloading on my Kindle another book because I also was trying to figure out, you know, the sobriety thing and was kind of keeping it secret. And so walking around with a book like, you know, Elizabeth Vargas's book or, um, you know, the drinking love story, I was just like, yeah, let's just keep this to myself. So I kind of kept everything on my Kindle. So I actually have like this amazing history of all of these quitlets on my um, book and or on my Kindle. And so I I went in to look at A Girl Walks Out of a Bar because that one that sticks out of me uh, or sticks out for me. And so I I looked and I'm like, when did I actually read that book? And it looks like I, I purchased it and read it a year and a half into sobriety. And so A Girl Walks Out of a Bar by Lisa Smith, I would say is one of my favorite books uh, for a couple of reasons. Um, one, just the way in which Lisa wrote the book and wrote her story was just so enrapturing and, or, and, and I, I mean, like it was a page turner. I couldn't really put it down. I mean, she was, she had this, you know, professional life that she was able to maintain and, um, through this drug addiction and alcohol addiction. And so I, I wanted to read her story. And that was the other reason why I was so, um, interested in her book was because she was this, you know, high functioning lawyer. And for me, I felt like I was in this high functioning, you know, business setting where I, I could work and I could still do a really good job working, but it was, it was definitely not something I was able to sustain. And that's when I eventually, you know, I eventually had to quit my job, um, because I just was so fed up with myself and the anxiety. And I was just, it was just, it was, I was exhausted. And so, um, I think, you know, finding my way back to, um, working again and, um, and reading Lisa's story about, you know, how she was able to get sober and, and successfully. And then, you know, she continued her lawyer career. Um, and then she, um, is now an advocate for lawyers, um, with addiction. And so not only was I just so into her book and, and how she told her story, um, I mean, some of the stories I'm like, wow, did that, did that really happen? Like, you know, I mean, it's just crazy how she was able to manage her life, um, the way it was, but I just think it's I, so cool how she still advocates for, um, you know, people and professional and, 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 um, the law field, uh, with who have addiction issues. And so I've read some of her articles and I still follow her on social media because, um, I was just, I was so, um, happy to hear her story and, and support, um, what she's done. And so it just, I guess I would say her book impacted me, um, because it, of her story, the way she wrote it, um, and just the work that she's continued to do after, you know, writing, writing her story and, and sharing it with the world. So I highly recommend, uh, a girl walks out of a bar by Lisa Smith. Um, you will love it. And I highly recommend it for anyone who is, who has addiction issues to, you know, alcohol or, or drugs, both were a part of her story. And, um, so definitely, um, pick this one up. The Unexpected Joy of Being Sober by Katherine Gray. I checked this book out from the library three times before I finally finished it. The first time I borrowed it, I never even read a single page. I'm not even sure why. The second time I borrowed it from the library, I got about halfway through. 
I was still trying to moderate my drinking, unsuccessfully I might add. The third time was when I had finally quit drinking and I couldn't put the book down because it's that eye-opening. I loved Catherine's authenticity and her ability to make her cringe moments relatable. I had so many of my own. And then she shared her struggle to moderate. It was like she was speaking directly at me. For years, I thought, if I could only figure out how to moderate, then I could imbibe like normal drinkers. I thought there was something wrong with me, that I was the only one that struggled to control my intake. If only I had read this book sooner. She has shown me that it takes strength to go against the grain, and that's what being sober is. You know how I had checked this book out three times for the library? I ended up buying it because I know that I'm going to read this one again and again. I absolutely loved the book Mrs. D is Going Without by Lada Dan. At the time, I just needed something funny. I had read so many memoirs that were so real and so raw, but I just needed to be uplifted. Um, I read it when I was probably about three months sober, and it was she just had a wonderful, witty, and um, charming and real and funny approach to um, her sobriety path and early sobriety. So um, for me, it was just uh, kind of a a break from the norm um, with what I was listening to and reading. Within the first month of my sobriety, I discovered the Tired of Thinking About Drinking blog written by Belle Robertson, and it was like water in the desert to me. I was able to go back in the archives of her blog and read her entries where her alcohol-free days lined up with mine, and it was like she had set up surveillance in my head and written my very thoughts. Just the name of her blog, Tired of Thinking About Drinking, I was so tired of thinking about drinking. Did I have a problem? Why couldn't I just casually enjoy it? Why couldn't I go one stupid day without it? Uh, she named that voice in my head that was always telling me it was time to drink, Wolfie. And uh, giving that beast a name and then telling, being able to tell it to go F off was exactly what I needed to hear. That she wrote these thoughts and then that there were so many others out there commenting their similar thoughts and experiences was exactly what I needed to hear in those early days of sobriety when I felt so lonely and confused. I'll always feel like she had a hand on my shoulder during those first few, few months. A book that I recommend is Sober Stick Figure by Amber Tozer. I read it six months into my sober journey, and it is not your typical memoir at all. Amber is a comedian and a comedy writer, so everything that she writes kind of has this humorous undertone, and she can take kind of the most darkest moments uh, that of her journey and put a humorous spin on it. And since I am drawn to all things comedy, this memoir more than anything um, really resonated with me. Um, and also what makes this memoir just so unique and special 
is every page she has drawn a childlike stick figure um, to represent the words that she just wrote. Um, so while the words might be very dark, there's this humorous lightness to it because of these stick figures at the bottom of the page. So I just really recommend this book for anybody who is kind of bored with the typical memoir, although they're all great. I love them all. But you're, you're just looking for something different that's going to make you laugh. And she writes in a way that's completely relatable. And I think that, um, we, her journey, I think we can all, we can all relate with it. Well, after day after day filled with dread and impending doom, I saw the title Nothing Good Can Come From This, and I thought, you are so right. Nothing good can come from this. So I had to buy this book. Christy Coulter's collection of essays about childhood, relationships, work, marriage, and running. Oh, I wish I could get into the whole running thing. That might take me a little bit longer. But the essays are funny and honest. And for someone who describes herself as secretive, quite soul-bearing. At one point, she states that a friend asked her how long it took her to quit drinking once she realized she had a problem. And she was like, mm, 12 years, give or take. He said, I've known you for that long and had no idea. And she shrugged, yeah. She even quit drinking when her husband was out of town, so she didn't have to explain everything to him. I suppose given my own best friend describes me as a clam, and after a year sober, I still haven't told anyone the extent of my problems. I can relate to how hard it can be for some of us to express all of this internal turmoil. I really loved her essay, A Life in Liquids, which goes through all the phases of her life from toddler with her father drinking bourbon to present day teetotaler drinks. Like myself, there was quite a lot of Chardonnay years and most other varieties of alcohol. And now I'm thinking how interesting it would be for me to journal my own life in liquids, probably starting cider, 40s, fruity beers, jugs of Carlo Rossi, and that's only up to when I was about 18. I have to add another 20-something or so years of liquids onto that. And I think for everyone who's contemplated giving up alcohol, or who recently quit, or who struggles with trying to do everything, they all really need to read Permission. Because this essay is a reminder to do whatever you want or need to do to look after yourself. As Christy says... You do not have to make dinner. You could eat pizza, or just the toppings. Leftover sugar babies, bananas, croutons. Croutons count as dinner. The starving people of the world will tell you croutons count. As she concludes, the only thing you actually have to do is you have to not drink. Tonight. If you're looking for good quitlet, I highly recommend the book Idiot by Laura Clary. I loved this book as I thought it was hilarious, raw, honest, and a true life of somebody in active addiction. I really connected with Laura as I felt like we had some pretty crazy stories 
although hers totally topped mine. And I was so entertained. It really felt like a novel or a drama and a comedy all mixed into one. When I read this book, I was at about four months sober, still pretty shaky in my recovery. And reading this book kept me entertained, made me realize I never want to go back to that place, and also made me feel like I wasn't so alone. Laura states, the point of this book is to articulate that people have the capacity to change. While that's not one of the humorous quotes she writes, it goes to show you that she had an intention when she wrote this book. You might like this if you're a woman in recovery or even considering recovery, like humor and comedy and like crazy stuff. I loved Drink by Anne Dowsett Johnson because it was it was obviously so very well researched and so informative and it helped me realize how much the alcohol industry pushes its sales and markets directly to women and this book actually made me really pissed off at the alcohol industry and it helped me be able to tell booze to piss off. One of the books that has really helped me in my recovery is called The Little Book of Big Change by Amy Johnson. And why I loved it is it helped me through multiple relapses back into drinking by making it feel far less significant in my head and by helping me change my story about the setback. Um, One chapter in particular, chapter 17, is called Setbacks Are Meaningless, and she goes into the the stories we tell ourselves, but also that falling back into our habit is not only really, really common, but it's also completely meaningless, or can be. We assign the meaning to it. So while this isn't really a like a quitlet uh, book, so to speak, it is, or it, it is for me anyway, a very beneficial read and listen um, concerning relapse. And I know that a lot of people struggle with that. I really loved the book, My Fair Junkie by Amy Dresner. Her story is so sad, but it's so funny the way that she tells it and her writing style and sense of humor make her sad story relatable, readable, and um, just plain entertaining. She's hilarious. I think you'll really love it. One of my favorites uh, that has stuck with me has been from Augustine Burroughs' book, This Is How, Surviving What You Think You Can't. And he says, to be successful at not drinking, a person needs to occupy the space in life drinking once filled with something more rewarding than the comfort and escape of alcohol. This is the thing you have to find. 
High Achiever by Tiffany Jenkins was crazy town bananas. I just couldn't believe the whole time that I was reading it that it was somebody's real life story. It was insane. And it it highlights all of the crazy things that addiction makes us do and what we think that we are getting away with. And, um, it reads, it reads so well. It reads like a novel and you'll just, you'll just tear through it. It's, it's an amazing story. I just finished letting the words of the ember ever there wash over me for the fourth time of going through this compilation of poetry by Jean McCarthy. The Ember Ever There is a brilliant compilation touching upon so many difficult subjects and really touching the reader's heart. Those of you who are familiar with Jean McCarthy from her interviews on the Bubble Hour and her Unpickled blog already know that she's not afraid to be vulnerable, speak truthfully. And the thing that's so special about this compilation of poetry is just yet again, her skill of just cutting to the chase, getting right to the point on some really tough topics. My favorite is that it opens with beginning. For those of us in recovery, this is a fantastic way to launch the book because it touches upon everything from fear to connection with your authentic self to the title of the book, uh, calling the, the ember ever there, um, which is that ember, you know, deep, deep inside of each and every one of our souls, uh, and basically how to tap into it and why now, why now? What it, what the better question is, is how could I live another moment separated from myself? Uh, that's an example of an excerpt from one of the poems by Jean. I won't do it justice by trying to quote her poetry, but I will tell you that this is a must read. I've read it again and again. Like I said, four times I've bought several copies for friends and family and uh, the section on loss and grief is particularly poignant because, um, again, she's not afraid to say some and express some very tough feelings in a very truthful way. And then the beautiful thing is it also includes healing uh, and just ends with a, a very uplifting note, in my opinion. So I heartily recommend you to go out and get The Ember Ever There. And I do hope Jean uh, makes an audio recording so that we can get it on Audible. Anyway, I highly recommend this book. And also, if you have not already read Jean's um, book that came out last year at the holiday season, The um, Unpickled Holiday Survival Guide, another fantastic uh, quit literature piece of, uh, work that you can give to friends, family, loved ones, uh, people you know in and about the recovery world. The Unpickled Holiday Survival Guide gives tips just, not just for Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's, but all the events, you know, whether it's, uh, 
birthdays, weddings, funerals, family gathering, which are usually inundated with alcohol. It gives really practical tips and hope and just options and alternatives that we can each implement and that are really effective. So again, uh, the Unpickled Holiday Survival Guide is a must-have for your bookshelf. I think the two Quitlet books that I really enjoyed the most early on in my experience of quitting drinking were um, Drinking a Love Story by Carolyn Knapp and, and Almost Alcoholic. And the story by Carolyn Knapp was recommended to me by a friend who identifies as a recovering alcoholic and goes to AA. She read it in her sobriety experience. And I picked it up out of curiosity because I had my own inner secret concerns about my drinking. And I read it and found similarities between the emotions and the thinking and the processing that Carolyn Knapp had, but I didn't relate to the drinking behaviors as much. Like it kind of was, I could see that like she was further along in her um, alcohol abuse progression than me. And so in a way it sort of served as this like, oh, I'm not that bad kind of thing. Um, and then when I did decide to take a break from alcohol to, um, really explore the layers underneath why I was abusing alcohol, I read it again. And this was a couple of years later and I could see that I related to her behaviors more and that like this thing is insidious because over the last couple of years, I'm drinking more and more out of control. And I realized that it really just hit home for me, the progressiveness of alcohol addiction. The other book, Almost Alcoholic, um, I don't remember how I found that one. And it actually really focuses on the idea of there being a continuum of drinking. This was before gray area drinking was a big thing. Um, and people were talking about it. I know now um, Jolene Park does a lot of work around gray area drinking and Aiden Donnelly Rowley talks about gray area drinking. And if they were just starting to do that back then, um, but I hadn't heard the term yet and I wasn't familiar with them yet. Um, and I read the book Almost Alcoholic and just clear as a bell could see myself on the continuum of drinking behaviors, patterns, and I knew that this thing is progressive. And I knew that, um, you know, while while maybe some people go backwards, a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't stall out in the same place. The thing that I am I'm a little uncomfortable with with almost alcoholic is that it does kind of give. Um, ideas for for trying to control alcohol consumption and I really do believe that um, it's just an addictive substance and continued use um, while trying to control it or moderate it 
is a lot of really hard work and I need liberation. You know, I, I quit drinking for a month and took it a month at a time until I realized that it was something that I just kind of want off my plate, probably permanently. And I don't need it or miss it anymore. Um, so those two books were really powerful for me in the beginning. Um, since then, as I've gotten further along in my drinking, I really, 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 really like Holly Whitaker's book, Quit Like a Woman. Um, I like how empowering she views her recovery experience and um, the perspectives that she has. I also really resonate with feeling in control and feeling like I'm powerful instead of powerless. So those were, uh, you know, three of my top favorites. And I hope that um, other folks find that they enjoy them as much as I did. I absolutely loved M. Scott Peck's book called The Road Less Traveled. And the reason I loved it so much was because it really introduced me to this idea of personal responsibility. It was the first time I, I thought about um, how every relationship had a 50-50 shared responsibility and that my only job was to focus on my part. And he explains it. He's a He was a psychiatrist or a psychiatric doctor in this book that he wrote, The Road Less Traveled, was so on the New York Times bestseller list for so long, they eventually just had to take it off. But it's an amazing book. I read it just before I got sober. And I think that really helped me to embrace the ideas that came after that. And the ideas that came after that, uh, in terms of Quitlet, is um, the what they is referred to as the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And there's another book called The 12 Steps and 12 Traditions. And those two books have stood the test of time for 80 years because they break down the thinking of the, um, if a particular type of person, we used to call them alcoholic, now it's like an alcohol use disorder. That's a, that's a big pill for some people to swallow like a high barrier to entry. However, um, there are a certain, there's a certain group of people who think a certain way, who all have some very uh, remarkable characteristics. And these two books break it all down and they help because like the big books designed to help you find a power greater than yourself. And I had never uh, been aware that I could redefine what a higher power meant to me. That was the first time I grew up with religion. So it was the first time I was introduced to the idea that I could redefine something that was um, supposedly a, a set thing. So those are three book recommendations, A Road Less Traveled, The Big Book, and The 12 and 12, as we call it. An amazing book would be Waking the Tiger by Peter Levine. It, he talks all about recovering the body and the trauma, how it's stored in our body and how to release it. So I think Waking the Tiger. Yeah, Waking the Tiger. He just really beautifully, in a really 
digestible, easy to understand way talks about how trauma is stored in our body and in our nervous system. And throughout the book, as he's describing that, he's also leading us through exercises. So while we're reading the book, we get to do these exercises that he, you know, guide, he puts the guidelines, and then you get to actually do a kind of experimentation of releasing trauma from your body and your nervous system while you're reading the book. So I think that recovery, we're needing to focus on body, mind, and spirit. There aren't many books out there that focus on the body. There's The body keeps the score, but that one is way it's really scientific and it's a beautiful book, but not every, a lot of people say they can only read a few pages at a time and it's too hard to understand. So I think Peter Levine just did a really beautiful job of making it so that anybody could understand how we store trauma in our body. But then he also includes the exercises so that you can do the somatic exercises on your own, which is really powerful because not everybody has access to somatic therapists where they live or They're expensive and not everybody can afford them. The Good House. When I I first read this book, it was probably three or four years before I got sober. Um, I was probably in that pre-contemplation stage I really wasn't looking for uh, or reading any books on on uh, the topic at the time, I initially picked the book up just because it sounded like a good book. Um, it's fiction. So when I started reading it, well, let me say, uh, at the time, uh, my my normal habit at the time was I would have a glass of wine around dinner time when I was starting to have dinner. I'd have another glass with dinner, put the kids to bed, um, and then usually sit and either watch TV or read and finish off you know, the bottle of wine or open another bottle of wine. So when I started reading this book, that's what I was doing. I was sitting on the couch drinking my wine, and I remember starting to read it, and I was blown away. I had never, at the time at least, I didn't know anybody who was sober. I didn't know anyone in recovery. I didn't know that there were any groups for recovery, you know, out there. I didn't know anything except, you know, the what I thought of as an alcoholic in AA. So when I started reading this book, I remember sitting there drinking my wine on the couch and, and literally being stunned that there was somebody who was describing exactly what was going on in my head. And it, it blew me away. So I finished the book and I looked up the author. Um, the author of the book is Anne Leary. If you know her, um, she's married to Dennis Leary, who was a comedian. Um, and it turns out, strangely enough, that they happen to live near me um, here in Connecticut on a place that I run frequently. So after I read that book, I remember going on these runs and imagining what it would be like to run into her because now I was obsessed with the fact that how did she know that what was going on in my head? I mean, to a T, like she would describe like thoughts that I was having and like patterns of drinking that I had. And so I would go on these runs near her house and just imagine running into her and asking her how she knew this. And it turns out that she actually is in recovery herself, but I didn't know that at the time. So of course, that's like how she she knew because she had experienced the same things. But for for a good couple of years, I would run there just hoping that I would run into her um, to ask her these questions.
The Girl on the Train by Paula Hawkins. Uh, this is not a saber memoir. This is just a, um, just a great read. Um, if you haven't read it already, I know that everybody's heard of the book. And basically the main character of the book is an alcoholic who drinks to the point of blacking out almost daily and witnesses something, um, while on the train. But she's drunk and is unsure of her memories. And there is, um, it's a thriller for sure. Um, and it just beyond dark and tragic. Um, and I think it is a glimpse into what could be for some of us, because most, most of us probably didn't get there. Um, but it is a tragic story. Um, with maybe a glimmer of hope at the end. Anyways, um, for a, just a novel that's not a memoir, but something different, I recommend Girl on the Train. A Million Little Pieces by James Fry. I found this book to be so well-written and and such a good reminder of the, the harsh realities and the, the painful times that we live through as, as alcoholics, the things that we, that we put ourselves through. I read this book years and years ago, long before I even acknowledged my own issues with alcohol with alcohol, but, um, I still recognized myself in his story, even at that time, even when I was in the middle of, of my addiction, I still recognized myself in his story. And I credit this book with planting the seed for me that, that yes, perhaps I, I have a problem too. I picked up Beautiful Boy by David Sheff at a Starbucks, actually, years and years ago. Remember when Starbucks sold books? And um, this is the very first sort of quit lit type book that I had ever read. And I didn't even know that that's what it was called. I just saw the book and thought it looked good and picked it up. And I'm so glad that I did the the writing is amazing. David Sheff is, is a wonderful writer. And the story from a parent's perspective of trying to help their child with, with addiction is, is just so heartbreaking. And then Tweak by Nick Sheff, um, I read after I read David's book, Beautiful Boy. And it was it was so interesting to read the same story, but from Nick's perspective, from the addict's perspective. There are several specific events that appear in both books, and it was so interesting to see how they played out differently for the parent 
versus the child, um, and, and the addict and, um, and both, both books are just so well-written and such beautifully told stories of addiction. I hope you've enjoyed listening to other women share the books they've loved. And the amazing thing is that this list isn't even comprehensive. I know there are books I haven't mentioned that you've read that have helped you stop drinking, stay sober, and embrace life without alcohol. I've also had the privilege to interview authors about their books on this podcast, and you can listen to them if you'd like to. I talked with Amanda Iyer Ward and Jardine LeBaire about how to live a decadent, adventurous, soulful life, alcohol-free, and Emily Paulson about her memoir, Highlight Reel. I spoke with Meredith Atwood and her book, The Year of No Nonsense, Jean McCarthy about her powerful and beautiful book of poetry, The Ember Ever There. I had a great conversation with Christy Coulter about her book of essays, Nothing Good Can Come From This. Each book, each conversation has helped me look into why I drank and how good life is on the other side. Now, other books that we haven't mentioned are also amazing as part of this genre. There's Lit by Mary Carr. There's Bottled, A Mom's Guide to Early Recovery and How to Be Perfect Like Me by Dana Bowman. Between Breaths is a memoir of panic and addiction by Elizabeth Vargas. There's Sober Curious by Ruby Warrington. Dry by Augustine Burroughs, which is a great read. There's A Happier Hour, Quitter, The Recovering by Leslie Jameson, Kick the Drink Easily by Jason Vale, Alcohol Explained by William Porter, Alan Carr's Easy Way for Women to Quit Drinking, and for fun, for those of us who grew up with them, I listened to Rob Lowe's Story I Only Tell My Friends, and it was a great book about drinking and quitting drinking, as well as some fabulous celebrity gossip. Now, I know many will also love and want me to mention the big book from Alcoholics Anonymous and The Women's Way Through the 12 Steps by Stephanie Covington. And then there are the other authors who are so influential in living a healthy, grounded, self-compassionate life like Brene Brown and Anne Lamont. This list will continue to grow and help women feel less alone if they decide that drinking is not working in their lives. And if you want a comprehensive list of all the books that I've mentioned in this episode, you can go to hellosomedaycoaching.com forward slash quit dash lit. You can enter your email address and I'll send you the full guide. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Hello Someday podcast. If you're interested in learning more about me, the work I do, and access free resources and guides to help you build a life you love without alcohol, please visit hellosomedaycoaching.com. And I would be so grateful if you would take a few minutes to rate and review this podcast so that more women can find it and join the conversation about drinking less and living more. 
Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how-tos for navigating all the things sober from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.